0: Welcome to The Storytellers, the radio show and podcast that features those who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I'm your host, Grace Salmon. I look forward to our time together today. Now, let's meet our storyteller. Welcome to episode 75 of The Storytellers. Today, we have Zibby Owens, and we're going to talk about books, books, and more books. Zibby Owens is the author, podcaster, publisher, CEO, and mother of four. She's the founder of Zibby Owens Media, a privately held media company designed to help busy people live their best lives by connecting to books and each other. She's got an amazing Z-cast, and as you'll learn through our episode today, there's not much that has to do with books that Zibby is not involved in. Zibby, thank you for coming back to the Storyteller's Microphone. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I wanted you to come back because since we first met just a year ago, when you just released your children's book, which I quickly went out and bought for my grandchildren, Princess Charming. You Thank then you. had your moving memoir bookends, and now there's the bookstore, the ZCast, the publishing house, um, a women's retreat coming up. Where would you like to start in this bookish journey? <laughs>
1: Um, well, I'm really excited about our publishing company with our first book coming out February 7th. Um, I know this is airing right around then it's called my what if year by Alicia Fernandez Miranda. And it's so great. Um, I actually interviewed her for our upcoming podcast this morning and I just, I'm like overflowing with pride, um, and excitement for her, for how much I love this book for us doing it together. And I can't wait for it to come out.
0: So tell us a little bit about her book and why you chose that to be the first
1: one in your publishing company. Sure. It's about, so Alicia was a 40, almost 40 year old CEO and everything in her life was just fine. She was, she had twins. She should have, she felt really lucky about everything and yet she just wasn't that happy and satisfied. Why? So she decided to spend a year trying the four internships in industries she always wished she had tried. And she wrote a whole book about it, and I actually found her with my. I used to have a what's what's now Zibby Mag was called Moms Don't Have Time to Write. It was a it's our online publication. and She wrote an essay for us, and after she wrote the essay in her bio, uh, which she submitted, it said Alicia is at work on a not on a memoir. So I emailed her and I was like, Alicia, I just read your your submission. Tell me about this memoir. Did you sell it? Because I'm thinking of starting a publishing company. And she said I haven't sold it yet. And I was like don't sell it. <laughs> so uh, that was summer of 2021. It was our first acquisition. And it's just so perfect because this whole thing that I'm doing in every way is sort of what if, what if you tried it? What if you, what if you started a publishing company? What if you just opened it? What if I opened a bookstore? What if I did this? And not being afraid to try. And that is her whole message. It's actually, it's that sometimes she was afraid, but she did it anyway. And that is also how I feel at times. It's well-written. She's this amazing Latina, Harvard grad, Cuban, Jewish. I mean, she's just amazing and funny. So funny. It's the perfect book. It's, you know, it's just smart and funny and, and will make people feel inspired. We'll make people think and feel. So it's a perfect introductory book for our list.
0: Well, and it sounds like a perfect book for the type of work you do as well. You really strive to inspire in almost, well, maybe in everything that you do. What made you think, oh, let's try a publishing company? Because that is not an easy road to walk down.
1: No, it is not easy at all. Uh, it is a lot of work, fun work, and very rewarding work, but a lot of work and a lot of people involved and, and all of that. I thought about it for a long time before I did it. I had gotten involved through my podcast, Mom's Son of Time to Read Books, with so many books and so many launches of books and following the success of the books and tracking, having the authors even commiserate over what happened during their journeys. Then I started having my own books come out, and I just wanted to try things a little bit differently. Everything seemed, you know, in big company culture, things just sort of stay the way they are. And I've never totally understood that. I've worked many times in entrepreneurial settings. I've always been very entrepreneurial. And I kept seeing these opportunities to make things better, but coming across these roadblocks. And I also was always telling people like, you should write a book or that's such a great story. Why aren't you writing a book? And I just wanted to be in a position where I could help that. So for a while, I was just trying to connect people to people who might be able to help them. But I decided to test it out by doing a fellowship for a year. So I tried that first and I was like, well, not ready for a full on company. Let's see what it's like getting involved with authors on book length projects versus just articles. So I tried that for a year, which was wonderful. In fact, we acquired two of those books for our printing, for our publishing company. And I loved it. I loved like hearing the new chapters. We had these little meetings and our authors would read them out loud. And um, I love it now. Even more when I get to see these acquisitions for submission, I read and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's the best thing ever!" And we get to publish it. It's so exciting. I've, I'll be on a flight, and you know, I'll be with my husband, and he'll try to get my attention. I'm like, "No, no, no, you don't understand. This is so good." Um, so I think it's this excitement that I could acquire the books and help the authors. Not that they can't be helped by traditional publishing. I mean, obviously. They do a fine job and it's been around forever, but um, I just wanted to add a personal touch to everything and, and be the kind of ambassador, if you will, of the work that I felt like everyone would need, especially knowing what it had been like to launch my own book and not know what I was doing. So I just wanted to help and I wanted to help create and reach more people, not just through what I could write, but what other people could write too.
0: Well, and I think that that is such an important thing to be focused on. All the things we as authors had no idea about when we launched our own books. You know, I've written four books, three were in the area of education. Those were a piece of cake versus um, fiction, just totally, totally different worlds. So, what would you say the real hallmark differences
1: between your company and some of the other publishing houses? we really center around community. And I know that word is thrown around a lot, but this whole notion of connection and community is really important to us. Our tagline is stories are best when shared, because it's not just about the stories. It's not, it's about what happens after you read a great book and then you want to tell someone, cause you're so excited and the connection you make then with someone else who has read the same book. Um, the other day I said something like, you know, any any two people who have read the same book are not strangers, right? There's, you have something so deeply in common. And I feel like, you know, on a macro level <laughs> in our society, everything is so fractured. There's just so much just hatred and animosity and I, I don't know. Like why – Emotions are something that we all have in common. Everyone can respond to love and fear and grief and all these really elemental things. So, not that I'm trying to change the entire world here, but I think by reading and connecting over stories, it's a way to really change at least your ecosystem.
0: Oh, and I would agree. And you've actually, from that thought, you've now launched, I believe, Zibby's virtual book clubs.
1: I launched Zibby's Virtual Book Club in the pandemic. Actually, a couple of weeks in yeah. when one of a uh, girlfriend who used to come to a lot of my salons. She's like, you have to do this on, online. I can't go through the pandemic without it. So I did. Um, I did, Well, that was before it was even known as a pandemic. But I launched it then. It's now turned into Zibby's Book Club, not virtual, because I really would like to start doing more in-person things and also expanding the reach of the program. So I'm, I'm working on that now. Um but that is also in tandem with the new bookstore, of Bookshop, which is opening in Santa Monica, hopefully next month. Our target date is February 18th. So <laughs> something's going to happen that day. Um, and that's really exciting too, because it's another opportunity to do things a little bit differently. We're curating uh, uh, in a very different way. It's not just memoir and fiction and each shelf is different. We have author curated shelves where they give us their five or 10 favorite books, and we have those in the shelves with pictures of the authors. And we have books sorted by feeling, how this book will make you feel, Um, books sorted by interest, uh, books for the foodie, books for um, the sports addict, things like books for the business guru, and then books that make you feel sad, books that make you laugh, Um, and and just so many ways of, of categorizing books so that everybody will find a little piece of themselves when they're browsing the shelves. Like, oh, I'm a foodie who loves to travel, and I really like books that make me feel scared. Like, okay, I have three different shelves just for me, as opposed to only the new releases or bestsellers or things, which, of course, we'll have. But So how did you get there?
0: How did you, well, first of all, why California? You're New York based. So how did that whole, I, I'm fascinated by this. When I saw on social media that you were opening a bookstore, I was like, whoa, and it's going to be in New York. And the next time in New York, I can, and then it was in California.
1: So when I got divorced and got into a new relationship with the man, Kyle, who became my husband, we went out to LA fairly early on because when my kids would go with my ex and the house was empty, it was just this overwhelmingly sad, lonely feeling to be here without them. Um, so I started traveling, which I hadn't really done in years, like aggressively, like that, like ever. Uh, and we went to LA where my brother lived. And he lives in Brentwood with all of his kids and his wife. And so I would spend a lot of time with them when I couldn't be with my own kids. I still do, actually. So... Kyle had never been there and he fell in love with it. He grew up in Florida and New Jersey and then Florida and was like, oh, my gosh, this is where I've been meant to live. And I'm like, "Okay, but I have four kids who go to school in New York, so we're not going to live here. But uh, we basically formed our own new little life out there and we ended up buying a place. And most of the time we had to stop over the last couple of years because of all the travel bans. But prior to that, we had been going out on a regular basis at least once a month. And that's really like my happy place. I I go there to relax. We see friends more there than we do here because in New York, I'm either working or with the kids, and or like at a giant gala or something. But there, we go to dinner. You know, we like, and and we don't have our kids there, so people are like, well, oh, we can only do it, you know, an hour away. We're like, great, we'll drive. <laughs> um, so anyway, I think LA is great. I've gotten to know the whole author community there. I've done events there in my house. I've um, gone to lots of bookstore events, and it's a really wonderful neighborhood where I'm opening my store. Walking neighborhood, and they're really excited for a bookstore to open. But the reason I did it there was more. I, I feel like I have free time when I'm there, which of course is not true, but I, I feel right. that way. <laughs> and they don't need any more bookstores in New York City. I mean, every two blocks. I mean. I just didn't feel like I could make that much of a difference with a bookstore in New York as I could in LA.
0: Well, your tagline that I've read over and over again is to have busy people live their best lives by connecting to books and each other. So that sense of community is clear. You've, you've mentioned it already. But why books? You, you have a long history and a long relationship with books.
1: I love books. I mean, I love to read. Even when I'm totally overwhelmed and I'm like, I can't deal with anything. I'm just not going to do any work. The first thing that I do is read. I mean, that is my, it's how I relax. It's how I escape. Um, I love books. I have been reading like many people from a young age and just fell in love with it, especially when a book made me cry. I was like, oh my gosh, books can make you cry. And it's just, it's, the main way that I relax and regroup, and I learn—I love to learn—so um, I really get a lot out of reading. And when I, again, after my divorce, I saw this therapist who was like, "You love to read so much, you know? With a good book, you'll never be lonely." And I'm like, "That's true." So I started getting back into reading. Not that I had ever given it up. I mean, I—I I remember reading um, Z by Therese, uh, and Fowler while I was nursing my third kid and like propping it up on the pump. So I've always been a huge reader, uh, but I could make it more of a thing and I could get back into writing, which I did. And, um, yeah, I just, I love it. And then when I started the podcast, moms don't have time to read books. um, I got to really know authors firsthand and learned so much more about the publishing world even before I was published myself. So it just seemed really natural to me. And it's something I love talking about. I love talking about books. I love talking to people. I love learning about people. And the podcast itself, as you, I'm sure, know, since we're doing this podcast, you must like it too. But for me, books are also sort of a stand-in. It's like once I've read someone's book, I, I know them so well. It's almost like an instant friendship in a way, like it's this instant access into someone's mind. And I just, I don't know, I love that. I just love it so much.
0: And I think that it's not only, um, the reading of the book, it's that you're also an author now. And I think that author to author is very different as well. We, we read people's, I know I read people's books very differently now. Um, having, you know, the the first three was one thing. Those were academic. But having written the novel, I I find I definitely read people's books differently. And I I assume and presume that, you know, there's an instant friendship as well. (laughs) Now, Zippy, you have been writing for a long time and preparing for today. I realized that your first essay was maybe 31 years ago in 17 magazines.
1: Oh my gosh, you're making me sound so old. But yes, I've been writing for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. In fact, my first little miniature book was published, I think, when I was nine or ten years old, by my grandparents, um, which really encouraged me to to, to write. There's um, just so much reverence for books in my family, and yeah, I I've been I just. I, it's just a way I get through life. It's like something as elemental to me as as anything else is reading, writing. It's just all part of it. Yeah,
0: and, that, and that comes through um, with your passion and with your incredible body of work. One of the things you do in your professional life is you recommend books on the morning talk shows. How do you decide? Obviously, now you have your stable of books, which you are even more in love with because of your publishing company. But in general, how do you decide which books you recommend?
1: I don't even know. It it depends on, sometimes the shows will give me guidelines about the, you know, what percent this, what percent that, fiction, memoir, what types of authors, blah, blah, blah. Um, Or a topic, you know, books for a new mindset or things like that. And then I can think, okay, well, what fits that? Um, It's harder when it's like, what books in general do you love? But I really stop and I always think to myself, like, Okay, if your best friend asks you, like, really, for real, which books would I tell them to read? Or if I'm standing here in front of my piles of books, which are the five that I really do want to take with me on vacation? Like, which are they? And those are the ones that I pick. So
0: in your own bookstore, in your new bookstore, which shelf are you going to navigate to? (laughs) The happy ones, the sad ones, the ones that make me laugh.
1: Um, we're also going to have a coming of middle age shelf, so I might just hang out there. (laughs) Okay. I love that. That's an
0: important uh, transition. Uh, Trust (laughs) me having been on the other side of that now. I think that's a very important transition. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Zippy, was your incredible drive to work, um. You are a woman of means, many people who are in my position who are retired. we don't have to build those careers. What drives you? I know it's your love of books, but it is a constant entrepreneurial spirit of more and
1: more. What does that drive for you? I have always been really hardworking. like I've always I was sort of born with this engine, if you will. Um, and when I was in school, I was, Always working really hard and staying late in the library and making review sheets and then sharing my review sheets with people who needed to help study. And, like, I just, I, I've just always been very driven to do anything I'm doing really well. And um, now, what's fueling me, I think, is that combined with the feeling that I know that life is short. I know everybody knows that blah blah blah, but having had a lot of loss and and from a young age and then continuing loss, really, um, it's something that's very top of mind for me. It's something I think about literally every day. <laughs> um, not in like a I don't like ruminate, but it's 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 just part of my everyday life that I have to do everything before I don't have time to do it any, anymore. So I, it's not impulsivity. It's more well, if not, it's it's really, if not now, when? If I don't do this now, maybe I'll never do it. You know, my, my husband's never been to Italy and he's Italian. And it's like, well, you know what? If we don't go now, what if we never go? Let's go. Let's go next weekend. So <laughs> like, we're going. So anyway, it's part of that mentality. Like, I, I have to try. And um. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of more psychological factors at work, but... I would say I've just—I'm a natural, really hard worker, and um, I get really excited about things and really focused. Um, I mean, I—I I, I just sometimes I, I just stay up, to, and I'm like, I just cannot stop. <laughs> like, it's hard to turn off the motor sometimes. Um, uh, I stop for my kids, of course, but sometimes when I don't have the kids on the weekend, I'm just like up late and up early and just more, more, more. I don't know. I, I'm just this way. Uh, I'm not like trying to prove anything. I'm not. Um, but I, I, everything I'm doing now is building on itself and I'm getting so much joy and satisfaction from it. So I just want to like, keep it all going.
0: Well, I think those are really, really important lessons. First of all, you know, the the, the benefit of hard work, but you have found joy. And if if we are all lucky enough to find joy in what we do, I, I think that is the best gift that we can ever give ourselves. And the other thing that you just mentioned is pretty much living in the present. This is the only gift we have, the gift of today, the gift of this time with you. So um, I I love all of what you shared. Very quickly, what's next for Zibby Owens? Because I'm sure there's a next
1: what's next well we just launched zibby classes also so we have 15 classes that, that people can take so I'm excited to offer an education platform of course the books are coming out from zibby books one a month in fiction and memoir the books are opening I'm writing a novel and uh, that'll come oh,
0: out writing again
1: yes I'm writing novel I finished I, I wrote like 30,000 words over Christmas break because it was due uh it's due in March, 60,000 words. I'm, I, I just sent a draft to my editor and hopefully I'll finish it. But it's really fun. I'm really enjoying doing that. Um, and at some point I'm coming out with the next Princess Charming book, but probably not for a little bit. Uh, I Then I pitched another four books to my editor and she's like, let's write this one first. So um, there's always stuff. There's just so much more I want to do.
0: And I know that you'll do it, and I hope you'll continue returning to The Storyteller's Microphone. So I love following your story. Zibby, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Grace. Thanks for having me. This has been a copyrighted episode of The Storytellers by Grace Salmon and Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network. That concludes this episode of The Storytellers. I'm so glad you could be part of the story today. I hope you share the stories, tell your own And come back for another episode. Because when our stories are told, everything changes. I'm Grace Salmon.